All right, everyone. Here we go. Are you ready for tonight? We're going to give it a couple minutes to start letting people know we're on and Sarah will be joining us here in just a second. And we're going to kick tonight off. We've got a lot of goodies tonight. Hi, Shauna. Glad to have you join us tonight. We'll be starting here in just a couple minutes. Hi, Carrie. Glad to have you join us tonight. I enjoyed the pictures of your vacation. That looked amazing. Hi, Risa. So glad you're able to join us and get on tonight. Hopefully we have some good stuff for you guys tonight. We've been working hard on it. Hi, Sister Scott. It's good to see you. Sarah's going to be joining us here in just a minute, and we'll get going on this stuff. We're so excited to have you all join in. If I look, feel like I'm looking to the side here for a second, it, I am, am trying to pull up a website here, but it's not seeming to be working, so we'll see how it goes. Yay, I'm glad you're excited, Risa. We have a lot of good things to share. Hi, Sister Naria, so glad you're joining us tonight. Sarah's trying to get in, I think, and as soon as she gets on, we'll get started here. Today has been an interesting day. You know how it's kind of one of those days where you have everything planned out so beautifully and then it all goes like all over the place in chaos and you're like, well, we're going to do this regardless. <laughs> Must mean something good is in store usually when it happens like that. Have any of you started school yet? Okay. Where do you mind me asking where you're from, Shauna? If you don't feel comfortable putting it public, that's fine as well. No worries. Okay, I see that Sarah joined. Oh, here we go. Oh, do I know you? You're from Pueblo, Shauna. How did I not know that? Oh, Carrie, college is getting ready to start. That's exciting. So the girls start in September. Good, it gives you a little time. Hey, Sarah, hi. 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 How are you? I'm good. How are you? Awesome. Maurice, it looks like you guys are starting the last week of August. Awesome. You guys are getting a little bit of a later start than we are out here, out here in California. Um, everybody's starting this week. A lot of them started today. Sarah your face isn't all the way in the frame well that go there you go that's better where we can see a little better 
Get your, is that better? A little bit. If you can, can you move it down just a little bit more? Yeah. I don't want to mess your camera up, you know, sometimes, yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. That's a good view there. So, all right, everyone. That's exciting. I'm reading everyone's comments. I've just been kind of chatting with them while we were working on getting you in with us and getting ready to go live. So, awesome. um, we'll go ahead and get started for tonight. We want to just say welcome to everyone and some more might join us as the night goes on. That tends to happen sometimes. And so um, this is part two of our back to school series that we've been working on. And we hope that you enjoyed last week and that there were some valuable things that you were able to take away from it that were helpful to you. And then tonight, honestly, I think tonight's going to be kind of fun because some of the things we're working on tonight are like the things that my heart is really passionate about. Although my heart is just passionate about education in general. And Sarah, I think you're probably the same way. Absolutely. <laughs> but tonight is, um, we get to talk about taking it like to the hands on level of education. And so that's even to me more exciting than like the pedagogy, the pedagogies. And we talk about the pedagogies of education. That's the practices. And so um, then tonight, we're going to talk about probably more of the passion stuff of education and actually doing a real life experience. So um, let's go ahead and get started. So we talked last week, just to recap quickly, we talked last week um, about uh, the classroom setup, like what does your learning space look like? Um, right. Then we talked about, I think, uh, what going back to school looks like, potentially for some people. Sarah, you talked a little bit about what it's going to look like for Antonio this year. And I think yeah. I shared some of what it's going to look like for California. I would like to hear from some of our listeners too, and some of our audience, um, what it looks like for you guys. If you want to share that in the comments, or if you want to DM us, we'd love to know, you know, what does going to school look like for you and for your students and your children this year as well? It looks like you might be having a tad bit of connectivity problems with Sarah. Hold on just a second here. Sarah, you're back in. It looked like we had a minute of connectivity there. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Our internet is doing that where it stops for a minute and then it comes back in and it's crazy. Yeah, we get that Hopefully here sometimes too. <laughs> that happens here too sometimes. So um, we talked about what going back to school looks like for all of us. Um, and I was saying that we would like to hear some of that from our listeners too, if they would like to share what going back to yes. school looks like for them. And, and if you don't mind, we'll share it in our stories and it might encourage some other parents that may feel like, you know, they're facing their dynamics alone and they don't, you know, all, I know it's different from state to state and sometimes from city to city right now. Um, we yeah. talked about a daily schedule last week and why a daily schedule is important and sticking to a schedule, what that looks like. Um, we talked about learning space and making sure that the learning space is fun, spotlighting success, um, spotlighting right. accomplishments, how important that is. Um, I don't have all my notes from last week in front of me, but uh, those are some of the things that we've talked about. We talked about making smart goals with our students. Uh, we talked yeah. about a five-step plan for success for this year for get, preparing for education this year and for executing that and um, talked a little bit about attitude, like uh, respecting the students and being courteous with them and making them, you know, building students up with the way that mm -hmm. we interact with them instead of making them feel um, maybe feel demeaned or maybe feel uh, like they're not 
as smart as they could be or something like that. That's one thing we definitely don't want to do. So tonight we're going to start off by talking about, we're going to talk about probably three main things. And if we have a little bit of time at the end, I'm going to squeeze in a surprise <laughs> that doesn't have to do with small children and K-12 education. I'm going to give the parents a goodie tonight. And so um, <laughs> for them, but tonight we're going to talk about attitude, community, uh, church community, and resources. And we have a ton of resources. I've seen awesome. some of the lists that Sarah has of resources, which is super exciting. And then I have a whole list of resources, which I actually left on my desk at Wilson today. I am shooting myself in the knee, talking earlier about how you have everything together and then everything kind of goes awry. I got, I got um, somebody uh, grabbed me on my way out and I left all my notes on my desk at the school, <laughs> oh, including the resources. But we're going to share those by email. But I will share some of them with you tonight and talk to you about them. Um, but uh, we're going to talk about resources and uh, attitude community in our church community tonight. So there's some fun information coming. So Sarah, why don't you start us off by talking a little bit about your mindset behind attitude and how that affects a student's learning experience for a few minutes. Well, um, as a parent, I think definitely our attitude has to be positive, especially this year with all the changes that have happened and all of the abundance of requirements that are for those whose children are going back to school in the public school setting, um, even in private school settings or in charter school settings, I'm sure that they also have a set of rules and regulations because of the COVID-19. So I'm sure that they're having to abide by some of those also. Um, and also as a homeschooling parent, because a lot of us are doing something that's totally out of our comfort zone this year, um, out of the box. It's a brand new thing for those that have never homeschooled. It's almost, um, and if I may use just a plain, simple word, it's scary sure. because it's something that has not ever been done for a lot of parents. And so they, they are kind of feeling right now like a fish out of water. And so I've, I've seen a lot of posts on Instagram and Facebook and um, even heard on our local Pratt pages here in Pratt, Kansas, parents that are just asking advice, what kind of homeschool curriculum do you suggest? You know, are there any that you prefer over others? And so we have an attitude right now of just uh, a fear factor, if I can say that, where people are afraid that they are going to do something wrong. Sure. And so the first thing is, is overcome that fear. You as a parent, you've got this. Yes. You have this. And so you don't have to be so fearful. Uh, I know easier said than done, sure. but don't be afraid to do something that is going to come natural once you get into the role of things. Now it is going to be hard because your parent, your students, your children, students. Now, if you're a homeschool parent, they have to realize that at this point in time, when you are uh, schooling them, that you're not the mom. Now you're the teacher. Sure. Or the dad, now you are the teacher. Right. And so we have to have the attitude as a homeschool parent that we are, we're in this together. Okay, so we're all climbing in the boat together, if I may use that term and use some, some um, creative thinking here. So like, 
when I talk to my kindergarten students or my young students, I always like to tell them, let's think of some way that we can turn this scary situation into a exciting adventure. And so that's what we have to do with our mindset as parents going into this as a new homeschooling parent, um, maybe because of the COVID stuff, we also need to change our attitudes. And I really feel like that through the help of the Holy Ghost, one, that should be our main thing is, is going to the Lord in prayer and saying, God, this is something totally new. This is something out of my comfort zone. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what kind of curriculum. And just be real and talk to God and say, God, please help me to find the direction I need. Help me to have peace in my spirit and my heart so that I can be at peace inside of me and I don't put my stress and my fears onto my child or my children. Absolutely. And even sending them off to school because it's a scary deal when you think about your child or your teenagers having to wear a mask all day long in school. Right. Uh, you know, you see all these, I've seen pictures now where they're posting that children and babies and even adults are getting rashes from keeping the masks on all the time. And so outside of that, we have to take our mind and put on the mind of Christ as apostolics. That is the first and foremost thing, I think, with our attitudes. Second thing is, is we don't have to be fake, but we need to do our best to be positive and upbeat about everything that we're doing right. with our kids, whether they're going to public school, whether they're going to a charter school, whether they're homeschooling, whatever. Let's be upbeat and let's just let's say, you know what? This is a year of adventure. Yeah. We're trying out all kinds of new things. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, exactly. we're not going to beat ourselves over the head. We're going to say, hey, that didn't work, so let's look at something else. Let's find another option. Yeah. And I think really if we'll attack that, and I say the word attack, because I think we have to have that kind of mentality or that thought process is we're going at this from an adventure angle, an adventure yeah. point of view. We're not going at it because we have to or, you know, yeah, this is terrible. We have to do it because the da, 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 da. We're going at it as an adventure. And we're saying, okay, God, this is an opportunity that maybe I haven't ever had. Right. I've had to work 40 hours a week because a lot of us have to work to make ends meet. You know, it's not like it was in the old days where dad did all of the work and mom stayed at home and helped the children and did everything at home. Nowadays, we have to, you know, a lot of homes have to have two parents working. And so our attitudes need to come at it with one, with God, I can do all things right. in Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And number two, let's look at it as an adventure. Let's climb in the boat. We're going down the river. We're going to explore yeah. the beautiful mountains and we're going to explore the desert and we're going to explore the sea. And, you know, so I think we can change if we change our attitude yeah. as parent, our kids attitudes are going to get on board. Right. So like what do that. you think? I like that. And I, I do, I agree with that. And I think it's exciting when you think about it as an adventure. I mean, I don't have children, of course, so I can't say that I'm carrying this load that parents are carrying. Of My thoughts go more towards parents that are working and homeschooling at the same time. I mean, I know that I work a job and I teach classes in addition to working actually two jobs that are administrative executive level jobs. 
I teach classes in addition to that. And then my husband is in school and I can just say for our little family, our two person family, it makes for a hectic schedule. And so Absolutely. I can only imagine what that looks like for parents who are working from home and then trying to um, homeschool their children at the same time. And, and when you're working a job, you know, from home and some of these jobs are intense that they require critical thinking skills and you have to be on the phone handling situations with people or you have to be in Zoom meetings. And I think that it could feel so overwhelming as a parent to think about trying to have your child in the classroom across the room maybe while you're yeah. at work and so i think that it, that that it requires creativity this year i think Huge that creativity. this is an, an opportunity for us to take learning out of that little tiny box that we've always had it in that it has to be yeah. monday through friday five days a week from 8 to 3 p.m who made those right. rules <laughs> you know right. i know yeah. those rules were probably made because that's typically work hours for parents so it was made to align with parents' work hours, but that's not the way it is right now. And so this right. is that adventure that you're talking about. This is the time that you get to make learning what it is. Of course, if your children yeah. are at school, amazing. But if they're homeschooling and you're working, create a schedule that works for your schedule. Don't, Absolutely. Uh, now if your kids are going to a public school and their teachers are on time at a certain time or they're going to charter school and their teachers are on time at a certain, online at a certain time, then they have to be online when the teachers are online. I get that. But if they have independent study time, schedule their yeah. independent study time in the, in the frame of time that they are most refreshed and they are most, yeah. um, in, most active and where their minds are the most engaged. Uh, uh, schedule that time where it works for you, for your schedule. Like this is an opportunity for us to get out of the box and truly make it that adventure. And you know, there's that old saying that says attitude determines altitude. And yes. so we can only go as high as our attitude lets us. And I'm always like this problem solving person and I want to fix everything all the time. And so I'm always thinking out of the box and I love it when I yes. get to do things that are not box checker and line crossers and eye dockers. Right. <laughs> you know, when I don't have to dot every eye <clears throat> and check every box and it gets to be out of the box, all of a sudden it's like innovation comes to life <laughs> and creativity comes to life. And it's like you free your mind and your creativity and that thing that God put in us that loves to create, I think that some are hidden in all of us. Some of us are more logical than others, but we free that when we when we release ourselves and give ourselves permission that we don't have yes. to stay in the box all the time, you know. Absolutely. And so I think that a part of that attitude is, and I think that sometimes our fear might come from, you know. It might not be so much fear about our students, but it might be that fear of as a parent, do I feel qualified to teach my students? Right. You may not or see failure. Yeah. You may not see yourself yeah. as qualified to teach your student. You may never looked at yourself as a teacher. You may never yeah. have thought of yourself as in that role and never really thought, well, I might have to become the main educator in my student's life or whatever that might be, or been in that situation I know we're talking more like we're homeschooled but even in your classroom maybe you didn't expect the environment that you were going to be teaching in if you are an educator yeah. or maybe you didn't expect the environment the students your students are in if as students and so you know there's just fear of the unknown and so I think that part of the attitude thing and like Sarah said we're not here to preach toxic positivity that's ridiculous I mean mm -hmm. life's hard sometimes it rains on the just Absolutely. as well as the unjust um, yes. so, but we are here to say, choose faith over fear. 
you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. And yeah. he, we're not going anywhere that he is not going with us. So whether it's working at home and doing this at home or whether your children are going into a new environment, they may have to wear a mask in, they may have to be in cubicles, who knows what their environment looks like, or whether it's partially online, whether it's a hybrid situation, just know that God is with us every step of the way. And if we make it fun for our kids, they never even know, like, especially little kids, they know something's different. They're not stupid. Yeah. But they may not ever have to know how stressful it really is. It's Absolutely. stressful for them anyways because their schooling environment has changed and they recognize that. But they don't have to carry our stress on top of their stress, you know. So true. And so. And yeah. speaking about that, if I may interrupt here, mm -hmm. there is a fabulous book that I would totally recommend for moms and dads if they're into reading and they enjoy just reading encouraging things. Mm -hmm. I have read this book over and over since I was probably in my early 20s. It's by a lady named Patsy Claremont. I'm sure some of you have heard of her. She is awesome. She's an easy read because she writes like she's speaking. And I heard her speak one time when I was in Colorado Springs. And she is hilarious. You will literally laugh yourself silly while you're reading her books because she, she writes so engaging. But the book is called Sportin' Etude. Sportin' apostrophe attitude and she talks about different attitudes that we struggle with as moms and parents and just life you know and she comes at it from such an awesome angle so i just say that is a fabulous book right now for us adults parents moms dads aunts uncles grandmas grandpas because she comes at just ways to deal with those attitudes that come rolling at us from fear or changes or whatever. And I think that's a fabulous source for anybody that's looking for something to just kind of give you a new light yeah. on attitude stuff. Yeah. I think that's so good. And that's so important. And I think, you know, it's important to not project our insecurities and our lack of confidence mm -hmm. on our children or on the students we're teaching or, on the environment around us and even on the educators that are teaching our children in this odd environment Absolutely. because everybody feels really out of sorts right now. And uh, one story I wanted to share with you that kind of like tripped me out. I found it kind of humorous, but I found it kind of tripped out. My cousin shared it online the other day on her social media. She said that she took her, um, we know there's so much political stuff going on right now. We're not getting into that here, but there are all kinds of people that are all, a turmoil because of everything going on in the world. So my cousin posted online that she took her five-year-old daughter to her kinder kindergarten orientation. And when she left the orientation, she was literally livid with anger because she said one of the parents that came to the orientation wore the, the bird mask from the plague. And if you've yeah. ever seen that mask, it's terrifying. It's, it's terrifying. like when the black flag came <laughs> through the world and people were wearing this bird beat mask that they would put herbs in because there were so many dead people laying around, you know, on sidewalks and stuff. And she said yeah. it was white, the one this parent was wearing, but they were wearing it basically to protest the mask situation. That's not the environment to protest the mask situation <laughs> if you care not to wear a mask, okay? Right. But um, she was like, I couldn't believe they even let her in. She was said that five-year-olds in that classroom were terrified. Like when they saw that thing on that person's face, like they were crying and they were literally terrified. 
And she was living. She was like, get that person out of here. <laughs> so, you know, when you think about attitude, just know you're not the only one a little frustrated with life. <laughs> there are other people that are in this with you. And, you know, there's those, those points of frustration that everybody feels. So be encouraged. And um, if we can support in any way, reach out to us. You know, we'll pray for you. We'll pray with you. Um, we'll give you ideas. That, I think, leads into our next thing that I wrote down. And Sarah, I didn't really go over this with you, but I feel like God laid this on my heart to stick in here tonight. And I know you can speak to this. Your community matters. And when I'm Huge. talking about your community matters, we're going to talk about community and service learning tonight and community engagement and global learning. But when I'm talking about your community matters, I'm not talking about the community of your city at large. I'm putting right. quotes on it. I'm saying your community matters. We say it takes a village to raise a child. Well, I don't want the village raising my kid. I've seen the village, yeah. right, to have a kid. But our community does matter. And there are people Absolutely. that are around us that are help, there to help us and to support yeah. us. And so you, as the parent, get to pick and choose who you feel comfortable, you know, helping with this process. But if people you feel comfortable with offer help and support, don't be afraid, don't be ashamed, and don't be too proud to let them help you. For example, right. just to give you an example of this, your community might be your family, it might be close friends, it could be your church family, it could be your educational family. Um, mm -hmm. So you're, you know, I'm auntie and uncle to a lot of kids that are not ours by blood, but we're auntie and uncle to them. And they look at us mm -hmm. as auntie Anna and uncle Daniel. And then we have kids in our family that are auntie and uncle by blood. But one thing that I offered to a friend this year, and she's working, and her daughter is going to school, and they're homeschooling their daughter. And she comes into my job sometimes for meetings. And I said, okay, when you come into my job, let's put a desk in my office. And your child can come in my office. Their child calls me auntie. They can come in my office while you're in your meeting in the other room, and we'll let them work at their cool little desk. We'll fix it up for them. And they get to work in Auntie Anna's office. My mom's meeting with somebody and do their schoolwork. And let's make it like an adventure. Like today you get to go do your schoolwork at Auntie Anna's office. And I'm going to stick some little prizes in there. And I'm going to stick some little candies in there and different things like that. So when they come to Auntie Anna's office on those days, whenever that might happen, that it's a fun time. Like they get to work in Auntie Anna's office. This is an adventure like we were talking about a minute ago. And so, like I said, we get it like, you can get out of the box right now, potentially. So yeah. if you can, um, you know, don't be afraid to support each other and create that support network. Sarah, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I totally agree. Um, I definitely think it's important that we get our community or I guess the new term now is tribe, your okay. tribe. That's great. Involved. Yeah. And so um, don't be, like Anna said, don't be afraid or ashamed. If there's something that you can't teach your child, reach out for help. Yeah. Um, one thing, just a personal note here is I'm good at math, but when it comes to algebra and college algebra and trigonometry and all that, I'm not so great. And it's been forever since I've done algebra. And so I know when Antonia has to work on her algebra, that it's either going to involve her dad or it's going to involve somebody that we are very close to as a friend and we're going to, I'm going to call them up or I'm going to text them and message them and say, Hey, 
Antonia is having some difficulties in algebra. Is there any way we could get together and you could tutor her? Or can we set aside an hour on such and such date or night where she can get some help? Because I know that if I try to teach her, she's going to go into her class and it's not going to be right. <laughs> now, if it were English, I can, I am an English whiz, you know, and so I can sit down and I can say, okay, Antonia, here we go. But definitely I know what my limitations are. I know what my educational ability is. And so I'm not afraid to reach out to others. Um, we have a, a fabulous friend that's really kind of like a sister, but she is fabulous with just good old common sense things. And so if there's something that, you know, Antonia is wanting to do that's out of the box, you know, it's a hands-on learning thing, or it might be cooking or whatever, you know, and I know that sounds ridiculous for a teenager, but sometimes they get bored just sitting at a desk doing book work. So why not say, okay, let's take an hour on Thursday and let's go to aunt so-and-so's house or cousin so-and-so's, or if you have family that owns a farm, for goodness sake, take your littles to the farm. Yeah. That is a fabulous learning experience in science, in earth science, in animal husbandry. You know, there's all kinds of stuff. So that's the biggest thing is utilizing those tribes or yeah. your tribe and allowing them to be a part of your child's education and your children's education. I think that makes their education super fun and it's things that they will never ever forget. They will grow up remembering those times yeah. forever. Yeah. I love that, Sarah. And I, I think that's so true. When you get the tribe involved in your child's education, your tribe involved in your child's education, mm -hmm. for one, it already expands their world. Yes. Because the people in your tribe, like we're very blessed because we have a very inter-ethnic tribe. So yeah. that's one thing I just love about our family is that there's a lot of inter-ethnicity in our family. So when our kids are around the family as a whole, they're gleaning from family who's from Costa Rica. They're gleaning from family who's from Mexico. They're gleaning from family who has um, a, maybe a African-American background. They're gleaning from, like, we have all these amazing cultures and ethnicities in our family. And then on our side, they're gleaning because mom has Cherokee and Native American in her, you know, and they're gleaning because we have all these different, like, we're just a hodgepodge in our family. And I just love that it brings that, that, to our children and it expands their worldview. Now we've yeah. talking about worldview. We always bottom line worldview is biblical worldview in our kids. Okay. Right. We're not postmodernists. We're apostolics. No, we're absolutely. not our, our worldview is biblical, but our children need their worldview expanded. I, you, we don't realize till we travel outside of America, how, um, I don't even know the right word for it right now, but how centrally or how, um, tunnel vision we are maybe is the right thing to say I don't even know if tunnel vision is the right word somebody help me if you know the right word but like we really think we know the world at large because we looked at it on the internet and we looked at it you know in a book which is cool because you do grow from those things and you learn from those things but really until you're exposed to it in person it doesn't impact you the same way and so getting your tribe involved in your children's education 
Oh my goodness. I love it. We have friends from the Philippines. We have friends from, yes. oh my goodness, all over the world. And so just having them a part of our family has made my life so much richer. I can only imagine what it would do for the children in our family and how rich and full it would make their lives and how much they would learn about, which we're going to talk to about here in a minute, global learning. They get to learn mm -hmm. it from people they're heart connected to. They're emotionally Absolutely. connected to. So then it really means something because it's not just, you know, like, oh, I get to learn about it because it's cool to go visit there. But Sister Neri is from the Philippines and I get to learn about yeah. the Philippines and their food and their culture and everything from her. And so we're going to talk about that. And that's going to transition us into our next subject, which is service learning, global, engage, uh, global learning and community engagement. And so um, get your tribe involved. Think out of the mm -hmm. box. Come up with things. And think out of the box. And if we think of things that might be good, we'll share them with you and say, what do you think about this? Maybe this is something you can do. But if, as an educator, think out of the, the, the box. As a parent, think out of the box. Take that classroom learning this year to a new level. Education's Absolutely. changing, folks. It's not going to be, okay, so I remember when I was, before I went into my master's degree, I was studying to be, I couldn't decide if I wanted an MBA or if I wanted to be a superintendent or a principal at a school. So I started out at Fort Hay State University. And one of the classes I took in 2007 was Emerging Technology. It was one of my fundamental required courses at Fort Hay State University. In that class, they told us by, 20 and, by 2020, there would no longer be brick and mortar schools. Everything would be online. We all thought they were crazy. We were like, how on earth is that ever going to happen? Well, guess what, folks? There is brick and mortar, but we're barely in brick and mortar. We're more online than we are anything else. We're in 2020. It like dawned on me the other day. I was like, oh my Lord, how do they know? You want to talk about freaky. But um, yeah. anyways, you know, the world is changing and the face of education is changing. So now's the time that we can have a lot of fun with education and really take it to a new level with our children. So Absolutely. Sarah, tell us a little bit about, you told me last week and I thought this was cool. This is fun. Now we're going to get out of some heavy stuff and get into some fun stuff. Tell me about some service learning projects that you and uh, you and I almost said Victoria, my brain's tired, that you and Antonia are going to do this year. You were telling me some ways you're going to do some community engagement, and we're going to talk about how those can become learning service learning projects. Yes. Well, we have um, we have a lady that we've come in contact with here in Pratt, Kansas, and she is actually over. Um, it's it's not really the community. I guess it's the Pratt Community Center or something like that, but they work with all ages from elderly clear down to children. And it's not by income or whatever. It's for everybody in the whole community, anybody that wants to be involved. Okay. And so we have an appointment to meet with her. And when we meet with her, she's going to show us some opportunities where we can volunteer for different things in the community of Pratt. One of the things that um, she's really wanting help with is they once a month they get together, several volunteers get together and they put together large boxes of like vegetables, fruit, um, just good staples like peanut butter, beans, beans stuff like that. that. You know, things that people can use yeah. and it can be used now and some later. And so they put all those boxes together and then they put it out into the community that on a certain day of the month, anybody that wants to come, anybody in the community, whether you're poor, rich, whatever, you can come to the community center and pick up a box. And so 
I'm really excited about getting to do that because I feel like that's going to be an opportunity for us to get out into the community, not only as a school project, but as a church. Right. And so we're getting our church face out there, our church name out there. Another thing that um, we're going to be involved in is there's a place downtown and it's called the Hope Center. And they deal specifically more with the poor people or people that are um, not able to afford even just things like deodorant and everyday things that we need to use. That's a common thing, you know, for most of our world that we live in. And so we'll be getting involved in that where we can either volunteer in the center, in the Hope Center, or we can go out into the neighborhoods. Like if they have a call-in list, and this lady was telling me that when people need supplies or whatever, if they're not able to drive or if they're an elderly person or somebody that just doesn't have a car, we would fix up a little bag or something with whatever they need and take it to their home. And so I'm excited about that because that's another indoor and another yeah. way that we can get out, you know, into the community as a church. Right. Um, another way that I've already started, Antonia actually started it a year ago and she's, she did it through focus on the family. She does uh, the pen pal program and she has a pen pal now from South Carolina that she and her little pen pal, write Every uh, it's quick. You know, she gets a letter in the mail and she sends it back. And I was, I was just kind of praying one day and I was like, God, how can I start getting our um, name into the community? Because with the COVID, a lot of things have been shut down, like no knocking doors. You know, people are terrified to answer the door, whatever. Right. And of course, I still take cards and we stick them up. Antonia and I will take them and we'll take them like to the gas stations. And if they have a bulletin board, we pin a church card on the bulletin board or the laundromats. If they have a bulletin board, we pin a church card on the bulletin board. Some of the restaurants have bulletin boards. So we'll just go in and ask them and they'll allow us. And we pin it up on the, on the bulletin board in the restaurants. Um, but I wanted something just besides that to do. And I was praying one day and it was like, God just dropped the thought in my mind. Well, Antonia is doing a pen pal thing. Why not do something where it goes in the mailbox? And so I thought, you know, I've got tons of cards. I used to work in a card and gift shop. And for years I've kept cards, you know, different kinds of cards. Thank you. Get well, whatever. And so it was like the Holy Ghost just spoke to me and said, why don't you stick a card in the mail to the mail lady? And thank her for being an essential worker and for delivering your mail on a timely matter and making sure that your packages get there. And so I send a card to her in the mail and address it to her. And then um, I sent one to our dog groomer lady, the lady that grooms our little dog. I sent a card in the mail to her and said, thank you. And inside of each of those cards, I included our church card. And I wrote a little note stating we would love to have them, you know, when the COVID you know, virus kind of opens up where people can come back to church or if they have a night that they would like to come on a Sunday night. And I, of course, told them we would love to have you come and visit and be a part of our worship, you That's know. Awesome. And so I just feel like the Holy Ghost really dropped that. My next one that I'm going after is my trash guys. That's awesome. <laughs> and I was talking to Sister Jess Cass and she told me because her husband actually picks up trash. Now he does like the commercial routes, but he used to do um just family routes and I can't remember what is it um anyway neighborhoods mm -hmm. where you know they do that and 
residential. Thank you. My mind's tired. Yeah. And she said, I said, how do I get a thank you card? Because some of them have the electric trucks, you know, where they automatically put it up or whatever. And she said, what you do is you tape it on the inside of the trash lid for the dumpster. So you lift up the dumpster and you tape the card on the inside of the dumpster lid. Or if it's an electric truck or whatever, you can put it like put a little box out there that says to the trash man or yeah. something that grabs their attention yeah. so that you have. So I'm going after my trash guys next. That's awesome. <laughs> that's how we're getting involved right now. I'm super, super excited. I am excited about that. And I think that's very cool. And before I go into what I was going to go to here, I do want to say, I've seen some really cool things too, like where people have put Gatorades out for their trash man. Yeah. Or they put a snack out for their postman. And I don't know what it's like there, y'all, but it is triple digits here. And next Tuesday, it's supposed to be 111 degrees here. We're on the north yes. end of the Central Valley, and it is like a dry desert heat. And so one thing we're always telling each other, stay hydrated, stay hydrated. So if it's hot in your area, this is a great time to get some, mm -hmm. some Gatorade or some smart waters or something like that and put some things out you know for your service people to help them yeah. you know withstand the weather people that are walking routes or emptying trash or working in the heat or whatever the case might be this is a great Absolutely. time so sarah what you're talking about is getting in, involved in your community and we can take that to another level called service learning so service yeah. learning in simple terms it's an educational method that combines academic goals with community service projects so then it's like lessons about relevant community issues are combined with um, existing course content to optimize the academic experience. I'm reading off of a page and I shared this in the resources and we'll tell you how to get those at the end of tonight. But at the same time, students gain hands-on experience doing the service projects to tackle community issues. So we know that we know that service learning and, and activism is a big deal in our world right now, right? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about service learning from an apostolic perspective instead of a secular perspective. When we're talking about service learning from a biblical worldview, so, well, we'll start the other way so that we put the biblical worldview last so that it sticks in your mind as the most recent, hopefully. Service learning from a secular worldview focuses on activism and community engagement. Okay, so you're teaching your children about your community and you're teaching them to be activists through service learning projects and community engagement. But service learning from a biblical worldview focuses on evangelism and community outreach. There's a very different approach. You're still getting your children involved in your community. You're getting their faces in the community. This is an area that I super that I feel super passionate about. So excuse me if I get a little preachy here, because I feel like the apostolic church has not done a good job in this area. And I feel like we're trying to, but we haven't quite figured it out. For years and years and years, we have been very centrally located in our churches, take care of our people, make sure they have food, make sure their rent is paid, make sure da 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 da. And that's important. I'm not negating the importance of that. But service learning as an apostolic, if we do it right, instead of being in, internally focused, it becomes externally a process of outreach. But right. in the process, our students learn from it. So you, what you do is you have to tie it into that project, take whatever those projects are, and tie them into Antonia's academic goals. Make her write a paper about it and tell what Absolutely. she learned from it. You know, uh, ask her, take her through a question and answer. Have her interview somebody. You know, do mm -hmm. something from these events that you're doing with and have her tie that in to her academic 
goals and she has to give an outcome from that. Then it turns from community engagement to service learning and somehow tie that into her curriculum. So I think you said she's taking a class, I, I wanna say on communication right now. Did you say that last yeah. week through Sophia? Visual communication. Okay, mm -hmm. so she's taking a class on visual communication right now. So you guys are gonna go out and you're gonna do this thing. Could she make something for her visual communication class and tie it into your service learning project? And then she presents that in her class and somehow she ties the two together. She's learned from something from it and maybe maybe she's creating the cards for your boxes you're going to give to mm -hmm. your community and putting that that special little touch on them through her visual communication class you know and right. putting that message of hope in there or whatever but you're tying that community engagement into her learning goals so that there is an an academic outcome from it as well but i yes. think what makes me so excited about that is because when we really get it in the right context when we get it in the biblical worldview context and we take it out of the secular worldview context we're saying you know we're seeing kids laying on sidewalks all over america right now and burning bibles and burning flags and they're crazy they're going oh, crazy true. and we're going well they're activists and they just want to fight for something like they know something's wrong in the world a lot of them and maybe some of them are rebellious who knows what they're all part of we don't know all the answers but they just want to feel involved in something well the church yeah. should be the ones involved not in activism in evangelism right. like we yeah. have what could change the world we know the world's Absolutely. not going to be here eternally but we have the gospel that really does change our communities so yes. now is the time for us to get our students and our children involved through community engagement turning it into service learning because then that makes them internalize what they're doing it's not all outward but it's circular mm -hmm. it's coming in it's going out and coming back in and they're having to say okay this is how it affected my life they create a project mm -hmm. they create a little business and they raise funds and they donate those funds to beirut for example yes that's a service learning project get missionaries involved there's all kinds of things you can get your local community you can get your global community involved where your students and your child can you guys tell i'm passionate about this i love this stuff but where you get your children and your students involved and you're making a difference in somebody's life but while you're making and they're making a difference in somebody's life it's also making a major difference in their life and it, it's expanding their worldview and Absolutely. you're not even taking them out of America right now because you can't. Or, well, I guess you right. can, but it's kind of weird right now. <laughs> so anyways, that's how community engagement becomes service learning. But the right approach, if you're taking any notes, the right approach from a biblical worldview focuses on evangelism and community outreach. If you're yes. focused on activism and community engagement only, then you're doing a secular approach. So whatever you're doing, Get that component in there of evangelism and community outreach. Get your, Absolutely. the church has to be involved in the community. If you're going to change your community and you're really going to win people in your community, you have to get out in your community. You need to be going to community events. You need to be going to community fairs. I'm not saying mm -hmm. go out there and be worldly. I, I don't have time to clarify everything tonight. But get right. a table out there, like create this project, Absolutely. put a table at this event. I know one thing that I feel like Hutchison is doing really well, although it's not my job to judge what they do or not, but I love seeing their involvement in Third Thursday in Hutchinson. Yes. Because they're getting in their community, you know, and they're, that community is getting to where they know the church in Hutchinson because they see them mm -hmm. at Third Thursday. They've been passing out cards there for years. Now I saw them singing there a couple of weeks ago. 
Yes. Go Hutch. That's super cool. I'm excited for yes. you guys. All of us should yes. be doing that and engaging in our communities. We're the real difference makers in our communities. Sarah, what are Absolutely. your thoughts on that? Well, I totally agree. I think that that is huge. In fact, I think that's really what Jesus sent us to earth to do. Um, when you read in the word of God, he always is teaching. Even when he was on earth, he was teaching, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And so I think that whatever we're doing, even on a simple field trip, you know, if we're going on a simple field trip for a service project to teach our children about fire safety, you know, think of all kinds of ways that you could bring that into a learning thing and at the same time outreach. Like right now I've been watching in Pratt and I've been praying, okay, God, somehow give me the wisdom to approach this in the right way because I don't want it to be like it's a competition with other churches. But I see a couple other churches in this community and they're calling the fire department and the police department and saying, hey, can we bring a meal in to you today? Yes, that's awesome. And so I'm thinking, okay, if they can do it, Absolutely. Apostolic Faith Tabernacle can do it. 100%. What can we do and learn from this and make it a learning project at the same time we're outreaching to those people and we're saying, hey, we want you to come to our church. Come yeah. and visit our church where the truth is being preached. You know, um, another thing that I really have felt like God is wanting me to do is to reach out to young people. And so help me pray, but I'm thinking about starting an online Bible study just geared to it. young people I love it. and seeing if I can start generating some information, you know, and, and at the same time, it's service community and, and, and Tonya can get involved with me also. Absolutely. And eventually then we can start using that as a learning thing and saying, Hey, you know, when the time is right, come to church or whatever, you know, whatever God leads us. I just want to, that's the biggest thing I feel like in what we're talking about right now. I know that we try not to be so intense, but I'm intense about this because I feel like our time is so short exactly right. right now. We are so close, closer now than we've ever been to the rapture. Yeah. And so we have but a, a few hours to reach out to our country, to our world, to our nation, to our city. And I really feel like, this is our opportunity to let the light of Jesus shine through us while we're learning, while we're doing schooling. I know it sounds like we're on this outreach thing right now, but why not incorporate that into our schooling? Girl, huge, huge, huge. Secular is doing it. It's in there. Absolutely. Anybody who goes to public school now has a service learning component. Why isn't the yes. church putting a service learning component in their education? This Absolutely. is common core ties this in. This is the mechanism that they are yes. politicizing upcoming generations, and they have been for years, to certain yes. political parties. They're doing this. The whole fundamental foundation of service learning and stuff is to create indoctrination for political or religious reasons. We, yes. I'm not, I am openly telling you, yes, we're indoctrinating our kids. We better indoctrinate yes. them right, because if you don't Absolutely. indoctrinate them, somebody's going to indoctrinate your child. That's right. You know, and I know that sounds like Sister Ballinger, Sister Anna. Well, folks, it's the reality. We can't bury our it head is. in the sand anymore. So, yeah, yes, I'm blatantly saying use this for evangelism. Don't use it for yeah. activism. Use it for evangelism and community outreach. The church better get on board because there's yes. people all around us doing this, and we're seeing the outcome all over the world of it. So for the time that we have left, we get our children involved in their communities mm -hmm. in the right way. And, and this, your children are going to serve the Lord. 
This is yes. going to be a way that your children get grounded in truth. Sarah, one of the greatest things that Antonia could get involved in as a service learning project is this Bible study group. We teach this in um, our classes in Hope Court and Leap all the time. The students, one of their assignments is to teach a Bible study. They have to teach yes. a Bible study. They have to develop a Bible study. Then they have to teach a Bible study as a service to their community. Then they have to write about, they have to ask the people they taught the Bible study to feedback. Then they yeah. have to at, write a paper about their experience of teaching a Bible study. And then they have to talk about the feedback they received and what would they do better next time and how would they change it and what they felt like worked and what they felt like didn't work. That is a service learning project from a biblical worldview. So instead yeah. of, you know, doing a service learning project from a secular worldview, now you're doing service learning projects and community engagement from a biblical worldview. I'm telling you, I feel like in my heart, this could revolutionize cities. If churches will Absolutely. grab onto this and start doing this with their children and with their students and their schools, it's going to take things to another level. So, okay. So yeah. Can I interrupt you here for a minute? Yeah. I just had a quick, um, and I don't know if it's, it's the Holy Ghost or whatever, but just to gear it down to even little, yeah. little ages. Yeah. Okay. So they were teaching every year. There's what is called dental week. Okay. So take your plan, your plan, your whatever your school curriculum around mm -hmm. dental week and you're going to learn about teeth yeah and call the dentist exactly one right. of your dentists yeah and say hey can we bring our kids in if not can we get some some papers or some toothbrushes or whatever mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about your dentist yeah. you as a dentist use that and talk about them and when they send you all that stuff have all your kids in your class or your kids at home, if you're homeschooling or right. whatever, make out a thank you card, draw a picture for them or whatever, and put it all in a big yellow manila envelope and then stick a church card in it and exactly. say, we want to invite you to our church. Bam. There yes. you go. Super easy, exactly. small kids. And they get excited because we got the opportunity to witness to our dentist. Yeah. And you're already teaching your children how to be yeah. a witness and and so outreach for people that are afraid to say outreach face to face and i know this time is not conducive to that necessarily um you know because if you get in you have to wear a mask it's hard to talk to people we aren't going door to door but there's so many different ways that we can do this community engagement and outreach if we just think out of the box we get creative yeah. with it and we get our kids involved and then they're excited because they're doing outreach too but they're learning yes. in the process like they have to write something about this they have Absolutely. to have a, they have to do a questionnaire about this. They yeah. have to say, okay, kids, what did you do that you felt like you did well? What would you change next time? What do you think that we as a class could have done better? Or what do you think that you as a student in this project could have done better? But make mm -hmm. it exciting and make it really fun. And then that, I know we're at 824 and you can tell we got really passionate about this. We got started a few <laughs> minutes late too. But um, then that goes into our next one, which starts wrapping this up for tonight towards the most part is to global learning. And so this ties right into that. So we look at global learning and I have some resources on global learning and my resources that we'll share. And we're going to tell you before we close how to get those resources. But then you take it to global learning. And I touched on that just a little bit. Get a missionary involved. Yes. Create a prayer day every month at your home or your school or with your kids if they're hybrid, if they're in a hybrid situation, even if they go to public school, you get it. You could supplement their education at home. Create a prayer day every day, every month, I mean, at home, where you choose a missionary. And on that prayer day, maybe you eat food from their country. 
Yes. Maybe you get a dress up in clothes from their country or you do some kind of something where you're learning about their country on that prayer day. Mm -hmm. Then you study their country a little bit. Maybe the missionary life feeds your group from Instagram and talks to them because now we have the internet and it makes it real life, you know, and maybe brother Alviar or brother Azar or somebody or their wives or their children, like brother Alviar's daughter. Maybe she can talk to your children from Brazil on the day that you're praying for Brazil and tell you about the children in Brazil and how they're schooled in Brazil and what kind of foods they eat and are those foods for a traditional cause or a culture cause or whatever. And you tie this in to global learning. And so your yeah. child's worldview all of a sudden gets out of this classroom and goes to a community level. Then it goes to a global scale. That's what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is not our little foreign no more at our church. The yes. kingdom of God is our community. He wants to save everyone in our community. And then he wants to save everyone in the world. Why not integrate this into our children's education? They, the Bible says, write it on the tables of your children's hearts. Write it on the post Absolutely. of your house. Teach it to them when they're lying down. Teach it to them when they're rising up here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, but it's the gospel and it's the truth, the truths of God. And we're integrating this into education and we're making it fun and we're making it interactive. And I know not all their education is about God. So when they're doing math, okay, so they're in third grade and they're doing math and they're using American currency. Okay, let's do some math with denarii's now. Let's mm -hmm. take that level from American currency and let's do those same math problems with the denarii. And let's talk about what country the denarii is from and how this would be used there. In America, we buy, we buy groceries at the grocery store with American cash. Um, somebody on here saying the Shima. Um, so there's different types. You have the peso. You have, good Lord, the, I can't think of them all off the, the euro. Of, the euro. You have all of mm -hmm. these. I can't think of every one of them off the top of my head right now. But you take that American math money math problem, you turn it into a foreign currency math problem, and you say, okay, so in America, we take our money to the grocery store and buy groceries. Where do you do? Let's look up and see where they buy their groceries at in um, the United Arab Emirates or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, choose a country. I'm just throwing something out there. And maybe in that country, they go to the open air market to buy their groceries. And they might not yes. go to a cash register to pay for it. They might have to barter for a real pig. And then they might have to take the pig home and make the pig go to sleep. And then they disappear for a while while the pig gets ready for supper. <laughs> I'm trying to be discreet <laughs> so little kids don't cry. <laughs> but it's the reality of the world. Don't, you know, don't take it to a level that you traumatize the children. Right. But, you know, you're integrating this, this fun thing about life that takes it out of the box. And so yes. it's creating this respect for other people. This is gonna kick us off in a minute and a half here, or a minute. So we are gonna have to wrap this up because it'll kick us off at an hour. Sarah, what are your, quickly, what are your thoughts? Well, I just think that's fantastic. One thing is, is utilize people in your church that may be from some of those countries because they may possibly have some of that money that they would be willing to let you show to your kids when you're talking about whatever country, um, which would make it really come alive to your kids. So I think that is a fantastic idea. Yeah. Thank you, One God Apostolic. Yes, the Shema is the biblical scripture. We're talking about currency in this context. But thank you for that. 
Um, so wrapping this up tonight, I wanted to talk about adult learners on our education night and give you some MOOCs and some resources. And I'll share those with you, but maybe we can talk about some MOOCs next week or on another night. And then um, also tonight, wrapping up, we want to share the resources with you. We have tons of resources we told you about. We didn't get into all of them, but please send us your email at or DM, DM us your email, and we will email the resources to you from the Elder Girls. And it's the eldergirls.2020 at gmail.com is our email address if you want to email your email address to us. But if you'll DM us your email address, we will send you the list of resources. Sarah has about four pages of them. I have one whole page of them. There's a lot of really great resources on here. And then um, I'm trying to hurry because this is about to kick us off. But it's time for a drawing. We're almost at 100 people. Who wants a drawing? <laughs> We're going to do a drawing for a $20 Target gift card as soon as we hit 100 people. So tell your friends to come follow the Elder Girls. And we've got a lot of great resources. Sarah, we have 10 seconds. I'm glad you all came tonight. Thank you for joining us. I hope that we've been some help to you. And please, if you have any questions, 